This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Shelby Joe Long, your host. I have the opportunity to hear some really amazing stories of people that have created a business out of their genius, living a life of their passion. And today is no exception, a colleague of mine from a business networking group, Brad Smith with Stellar Insights. And I am going to have him introduce his business before we get into it. I'm glad to be here, Shelby. This is fun. So I'm going to tell you where it started. I'll just start with that insightful moment. So my second, bless her, my second, can I give her credit for it? Uh, my second ex-wife now, right? We'd been married three week, three months. She walks in uh, one Sunday morning with a, uh, the Oregonian in her hands. And she said, Brad, there's a woman that's doing executive coaching. You need to call these people, Coach University. So the quote is, Brad, you need to, need to call these people. You're already doing this work. You might as well get paid for what you're doing. So at her impetus, we took a trip. We met with the people that were doing that. It felt like walking into my home. And um, I started, I was doing analytical and formulation chemistry at the time, which is a far reach from executive coaching. But I had an MBA. And as I've kind of worked backwards in my processing, what I've come to understand is I watched my dad start 34 companies when I was growing up. He had a bachelor's in chemical engineering and a PhD in biochemistry. And he was determined to solve, as in his words, solve the world food problem. So he invented products and put businesses around them, but he didn't have all the pieces in place. He killed 30 of those because he didn't have all the pieces in place. So I realized that what I was doing was going back through that whole history and every one of those stories would come into the house. You know, it started out when I was 12. Every one of those stories would come into the house and go through it and all the issues would show up. So I learned 30 different ways to kill a company and only a couple different ways to make them work right. And I went back, finished my bachelor's degree in business management after getting within one term of a degree in biochemistry. Um, and then an MBA in marketing and finance. And what I found was the skills that I had learned from my dad was my energy to go into helping people grow and reform who they were. Everyone, I think, has a genius in them. Everyone. Everyone does. Every, I believe that too. Everyone, everyone has that spark. The thing you have to do is listen more deeply and then take action to it. Sometimes it's not easy. It's always uncomfortable. And how do I go from zero money to a little bit of money? And how do I go from a little bit of money to a lot? And so I've gotten into the practice of, I had a client about 
10 or 15 years ago, wake me up. I took him from two and a half million dollars in my coaching when we started the year before, he made three and a half million dollars. And then the year ending when we started, that first year, he was at six and a half million. Then the next year after that, he was at nine point something million, 9.8, something like that. Then the following year, we got him to 12.9 million. So in a three-year period, I took him from three and a half million to add a zero. It's amazing. And so I realized I had that skill set. Absolutely. But I bet you realized it before then. So I want to go back to to, uh, the book title that I think you mentioned, 30 Ways to Kill a Company and a Few Ways to Save It. I think that's a book. (laughs) I like that. I think that's a book. Uh, I'm in the publishing industry. So when you're interested in writing that book, uh, or if you need somebody to write it for you, we can take care of that. But I think that's a great way to see it. But I think what that points out to is these fundamental principles that you need in business to succeed. And they're not unique to every single person. They're pretty consistent. And you can help identify those things. I would guess that's what makes you a pretty good executive coach. I listen, mm-hmm. right? I listen, but I listen. I had a friend of mine 40 years ago say, Brad, when you listen, you listen with your whole body, right? Yeah. It's like what I do is I listen to who they are and what their business is and what the market is. So there's there's six parts to a business. I'm literally composing a TED Talk on this. Like, what are the six parts of a business, right? There's finance, obviously. There's marketing. There's sales. Most people clump lump those together. Those are not the same animal. No, so finance, mar- marketing, sales, human beings, talent is critical in a business. And then, of course, there's product production, right? And then, um, Mon, there's another one in there somewhere. Um Research and development, which is the household I grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. And so for companies at a certain level, research and development is just the thing that trips and then they start falling down the mountain. And then they get to a place where eventually they've got it all working. But you have to learn how to watch all six of those pieces, the business parts. So are your finances? Is your cash flow? Is your marketing, is your sales, do you actually understand your market? Who are you selling from? And if you start from, from the customer's perspective and walk back to your business and all the steps that have to happen in order to make sure they get what they want, or even things like Stephen Jobs did, even things they don't need, know they need, but they want. So it almost sounds like you ride the, and I I think the lines between consultant and coach are pretty well blurred nowadays, right? Uh, So you go in with the solution, like you're a consultant. How do you, what, what do you think is the coaching part of what you do? You talk about listening. I think that's such a critical piece because, because each business is different. Each person is different and so helping them step into their leadership role that's all a different process for everybody can you talk about some of your 
methods or how you help people discover how to improve at what they do? The most important thing in any business is energy, mm -hmm. right? And if you stop and really, really pay attention, my very uh, my first retail job, right? I worked in a in a small retail chain, and I noticed that the people, the store manager, everybody matched his personality, and so it wasn't it wasn't just that he chose certain people. It's that the universe provides you people that you will resonate with and if you would like. The law of attraction, right? Yep. Oh, that's a, that's a deep, I'm writing a book on that. Yeah. <laughs> that I've got a written book on. So almost complete. Yeah. Synchronicity is real. Absolutely. So what I noticed was that the people that showed up to say yes to an offer matched his personality. And so we had these similarities in character all the way through the whole business. And there were pieces that were missing. So what I have noticed is, how did I get started into this? Anyway, um, when we pay attention to ourselves, we pay attention to the people around us. And if you pay attention and listen carefully to the situation and the people, and the customers, you wind up being able to make it all work right. That's not the question you asked me. What was the question you asked me? I don't even remember. We talked about the law of attraction and right. the energy. We talked about energy, right? So energy, okay. like... Oh, there we go. Leadership. I talk about a leadership charisma, right? Like everybody has different leadership qualities that resonate with their audience. And they're different for everybody. And people are attracted to that and they want to follow that and they consume the energy and then that becomes a part of their whole team. So, Right. I, there's, a, there's another piece in this. If you're a good leader, it's not your energy that gets it done. And what you're doing is you're aware of the motivation in each individual, not a subconscious thing. It's a conscious thing. And you consciously go after listening deeply enough to find the motivations in each person or each group so that they come to you. You know, um, there's the flywheel effect that uh, it's been talked about, written about. So that flywheel effect, people want to be part of a winning team. But in order to be a leader, you have to find groups, individual or individual motivations to move people into what needs to be done and build an alignment in the culture between who I am who you are, who the customer is, and what your part of the organization will need to achieve. Alignment. Alignment. Talk more about that. How influential in your executive coaching in this new-ish new role that you have? It sounds like it's been something that's foundational to your life, but now it's, it's a center of your business. Talk about alignment. I mean, because there's an internal alignment and then there's an alignment with you and your team. Then there's an alignment with you and the clients and customers. Can you talk about that concept a little more? Well, the first thing I would have you do is talk to the people that are closest to you and have them tell you the truth about where you're full of garbage. Talk to them because a real coach, coach, mind you, talks to you about the garbage you're putting out that isn't true. 
right? What is it that you do? What is it you ask? What are you? What are your processes that you, as an individual, have not full awareness of that creates the turbulence and not, you know, the ditch finding, if you would, in your life? Everyone, let's take it this way. Every bankruptcy that's a major corporate bankruptcy, if you track back two years, maybe even three, in their processes, there was a group decision at the executive level that took them off the deep end. Had they had someone in there that said, here's the whistle, stop, what you're doing is not legal or not appropriate or not ethical or is going to wind up counter to your business, you're going to wind up with not the results you want. And so my goal is to listen carefully enough that I help my clients tune themselves, if you would, tune themselves to the outcome they want and then walk it backward, start with the end in mind, walk it backward to what do I do today? What do I do tomorrow? In addition to that, have them change who they are so it lines up with what they want. That's rapport. So if I'm listening to someone, I watch, is there a way I can build rapport with this person? And what is it that we have similarities with? What do we not have similarities with? Some people you have rapport with, some people you'll never get rapport with, but you can work with them if you listen carefully. Sure. Sometimes that's, a. am in the communication space, been there for a long time. I teach it and it's a part of it's a, it's a, the fun foundational to my business but that i think is one of a piece of communication that people forget about and it's the listening and the you know which allows you to understand and empathize with your audience and that is something that we forget because we think of communication as speaking and connection and ethos and pathos and how do we connect how do we persuade but you got to understand what they need before that connection can really happen. So the first question I'd have someone ask them if they're an entrepreneur, where are you on the empathy scale? Do you know what someone else is feeling when you're doing it? Some people have no idea what someone else is feeling. They have no idea what they are, they themselves are not you know, feeling. So it's like if you don't understand emotions, work on your EQ. It's critical. Find your ability to empathize. Empathy runs from little bitty sprinkles to little dribs to a whole ocean. You know, when I walk into a room, here's an example. I was leading a training for a group of 24 educators in a business. And I was, it was a long skinny room there. We had two rows on either side. And I looked this way and I was working with someone here and I felt someone shift behind me. I had my back to her. I felt a shift. And when I got finished talking to this person here, I turned around and pointed to her and I said, what did you just think about? And she brought out this whole new subject that was possible. And that was empathy that's possible. Feel room and you'll feel what to do in order to move them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Brad, what would you say to, to somebody that was thinking about starting a business, 
thinking about stepping into the uncomfortable life of an entrepreneur, facing that fear, because there is the fear factor, right? Like sometimes we get comfortable in our own in our own space. We get comfortable with the salary that we have. We get comfort in that. What would you say to encourage somebody, one of those potential genius entrepreneurs out there to put their stamp into the marketplace? What would you say to them? Start with, is there a market for what you want to be, to build, to provide? Market first, right? Then you have to have buyers, right? And then how do you reach the buyers? And then the whole production thing, okay? Do I have the skills to produce it? Maybe I do, right? So as you move through that process, start with the market first, because you have to have a market in order to be able to have a business, period. Which were part of the 30 that killed <laughs> my dad. I swear I that's a book. I swear. Yeah, yeah. That's a book. No, but I think it's such a... You know, I, I think with with genius entrepreneurs in particular, when I've worked with a few of them, it's, you know, you have this great idea and it's your genius and it's it's idea that everybody should know about and everybody should learn about. But that doesn't mean that there's a market for it. So I think that's something that we have to think about, too, is, yes, we can have this genius idea, but is there a space in the market and a match in the market that that's going to resonate with? And right. that's a very, very important question for people to ask themselves before they step into it. So. Yep. Yep. So start with that and then walk down through all the entrepreneurial skills you think you need and then go to someone who, who you trust that trusts you and open up and weigh it all out for them and tell them where your garbage is. Yes. Agreed. Simple steps. They should reach out to you. And say, hey, how do I how do I get this off the ground? Do you work primarily with startups or do you work with established businesses? I I normally don't take a client because they can't afford me. Yeah. I normally wait until they're about two million before I start okay. two million revenue. Am I cheap? No, I'm not. But I love the fact that I have made several millionaires when they didn't think they could. And I'm in the process of making two billionaires. That's a pretty good, pretty good resume. Yep. It's fun. Where can our audience find you if they're curious about? Well, look, look behind me here. StellarInsightInc.com is my website, and they can set up a, an appointment with me from there. That sounds good. And I imagine we can find you on LinkedIn too. So, oh, absolutely. I'll be sure to include all of those links in the show notes so everybody has access to them. Thank you. Are there any other pearls of wisdom you want to give to our audience today before we uh, sign off? So there's one little piece more. The people that are intuitive are more genius. Okay? Those are the people that have a pretty good pipeline into the whispers that come from their unconscious, if you would. And if you're not there yet, consider meditating. Find a method that works for you. I don't care which one it is. Spend time being silent. And if you're being silent and not moving, what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be still enough to hear. It's a good piece of advice. Get into your zone of genius. Yep. Get and allow your creativity to flourish. Yep. And then write it down. 
And then write it down. And then don't forget it. Yeah. Well, Brad, that's great. Thank you for letting our audience know about how to transform our genius into an income stream. It seems you have done that in your own business and you continue to make a large impact with people earning a lot of money. So keep doing that. For those people that want to, it's not if, it's when and how. When and how. Got to face that fear. Do it. Because yeah. you're not going to know unless you get it into the marketplace. Well, you can't get wet until you get into the pool. Exactly. Also a good piece of advice. You've got all these one-liners that are just going to turn into books, I swear. <laughs> thank well, you. Brad, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate your insight, and I know our audience does too. And audience out there, I invite you to subscribe to the channel if you want to hear more stories of genius entrepreneurs that have created a business out of their passion, because you can do it too. Don't be limited by where you are. Create that business. Find a spot in the marketplace and let's get going. You'll get wet unless you get in the pool. So that's a good piece of advice. So yep. Brad, thank you. And to all you listeners out there, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.